Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and Spindlecraft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded, and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, they know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com and at the checkout, enter the word GEEKS. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down. Welcome to the Freaking Geeks Podcast, the flagship podcast of Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, hosts Michael, Sarah, and Barry crank the geekiness to 11, covering everything from movies and television to pop culture, video games, books, and so much more. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The podcast is produced each week, so feel free to add us to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. The links will be in the show notes. Okay, now it's time to start the show. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me are my two co-hosts tonight, Jacob and Raker. Hello. So we're going to cover Dune. Uh, this is going to be a, a fun time. Um, I've been looking forward to Dune for a long time. Um. I, honestly, I, I wasn't sure if, if, we were, if we were ever going to get to this, if we were ever going to see it in theaters. Uh, it yeah, was, right. With everything that's gone down over the last, well, I mean, the last 18 months, but, you know, there was a period of time there where we weren't even sure if Doom was going to be in theaters at all. It was going to be in just HBO Max. And thankfully, uh, we did see it in theaters. Um, uh, Raker, you and I both saw it. We didn't see it together, but we, we both saw it uh, the same night. Yeah, um, yeah. O- opening night, um, and I know Jacob, you saw it as well. So of course you're ready to go. Oh yeah, it's going to be a good time, and we're going to have a lot of thoughts on this movie. Um, I'm going to be really excited to hear what both of you have to say. Uh, I'm sure you'll you'll be excited excited to hear what I have to say, and uh, I think it's going to be a good time. So uh, before we get into any discussion, uh, we'll do what we normally do. Just do the rundown of information here for everybody on on Dune. Uh, it was uh, released uh, on October 21st, 2021. It was written by Denny Villeneuve, Eric Roth, and John Spaths. It was directed by Denny, Denny Villeneuve, a runtime of two hours and 35 minutes. Budget, $165 million dollars. Box office, uh, forty-one million domestic. Uh, that's currently, I think, it's probably made more than that at this point. But 
with the official report so far. 41 million domestic, 182.2 foreign total haul thus far, 223 million point two million dollars uh, worldwide. Stars, uh, everybody in Hollywood, I don't know. It's ridiculous <laughs> cast. Um, Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Stellan Skarsgård, Josh Brolin, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Javier Bardem, Dave Bautista, and Charlotte Rampling, among you know others. Frankly, it's it's a wonderful cast of actors. Um, yeah, just great. Uh, plot synopsis, and I'm gonna apologize here because this. Um, I I'm just hoping this even doesn't even. <laughs> remote justice to this movie. It's a hard movie to boil down into two or three sentences. But here we go. Um, Duke uh, Leto Atreides and his son Paul are ordered to the planet of Arrakis to produce the spice, which is the most vital thing in the galaxy as it allows for interstellar travel and communication, uh, plus additional benefits like long-lived human life. But there are those with darker motivations, which threaten the House Atreides, specifically Paul, who could be a special being destined to rule. And that's about all I've got. <laughs> so I, I I don't even think that really even does it justice, frankly. Um, but there you go. That's the best I can come up with without giving away too much, frankly, mm-hmm. in this synopsis. And that really is just frankly scratching the surface of what this movie is about in a nutshell so there you have it all right so let's go around the virtual table like we usually do and uh, give our thoughts general thoughts non-spoiler on dune um raker why don't you start us out here what did you think uh as the movie Hit the credits. I I was really impressed with Dune. Um, I saw it opening night, and then I watched it pretty quickly again on HBO Max. And I think I liked it better the second time. It's either that or I started discovering things that, you know, I started appreciating some things that I didn't appreciate the first time. Um, I'm, I'm not familiar with the book, the Frank Herbert book. Uh, Michael, you may be. Jacob, you might be. I'm not sure. Uh, but I'm not. I, I've actually talked to some people that have read the book books. And, you know, they, they were pretty... They were still impressed with this movie as well. You know, it's hard to watch this movie and not have the reference, you know, to the old Sting movie of 19... What year was that, Michael? 1980-something, I'm sure. Uh, 83, You'll, I think. Something like that. Okay. Michael probably... Bring it, you know, he'll figure it out. Um, so, you know, it was hard for me to like, you know, do the relating between the two. I did, I, I fail, of course, you know, and there's so many factors why this one is so much, feels so much more superior, even though I'm sure there's some people out there that would disagree with me. Um, I, I just really enjoyed it. You know, I, I'm not even gonna lie. Like I, I rarely go see a movie and then go see it again on HBO Max. You know, HBO Max has had a couple of releases, Godzilla vs. Kong, Suicide Squad, you know, two big movies that I really was looking forward to and watched them at the theater. And it usually took me 
week or two, if not longer, to watch to rewatch them. When I watched Dune, I, I was pretty set on rewatching it. Um, so, I mean, I do have my faults with it, which I'm sure we'll get to. But overall, I, you know, to me personally, you know, I, I think it's the best movie of 2021. I'm not saying that because it falls under the, you know, nerddom. <laughs> I'm, I just, I just think, I just think it was superb. You know, it was artistically, it was, it was beautiful, beautifully shot. The acting was spot on. Uh, the story was great, easy to follow. Um, yeah, you know, it, it was just my overall thoughts. It's just a great, great movie. Uh, okay. Uh, Jacob, what did you think of Dune as the credits rule? Um, yeah, no, I agree completely with Breaker. It hands down was if there is something that beats this movie this year for one of the best movies out there, I will be surprised. It's stunning cinematography. The scenery was gorgeous. Storytelling was so well done. And like, even in the slow parts, like my wife hates slow (laughs) parts of movies and gets bored really easily. And even she was like, I, they did a good job of doing some great world building in yeah, the slower it, parts at the beginning and making I hate to it. Interject, I hate to interject Jake, but you know, when you just said world building, I swear to God, when I left the theater, I bet I heard four or five people just in my vicinity, you know, exiting the film that used that exact, that complimented on the world building as well. Like exact word world building. You yeah. know what I mean? So. And it did a great job of that. Like yeah, the, the planet of Arrakis was so like they did. And just the way they set it up in comparison to the planet that Atreides was from. Yeah. And just like the character development and everything like the it, it, honestly, seeing it in 3D was probably one of the best experiences ever because it, man, I tell you, being as immersed as I was in the theater with this movie, I, I'm still there's so many times, so many things, so many moments in it. I'm still just stunned when with the shots, with the scenes the tone and the moments in it and yeah um yeah i mean i i can't disagree with anything that that either of you have said so far um i didn't read the source material uh i i know very little frankly oh okay um, about it um and, be surprised. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you what, I, I didn't even see the original Dune that was directed by David Lynch. Wow, consider me triple surprised. Um, yeah, wow. it's, it, it's, it's right? been, well, yeah, so it's been one of those things that I've always kind of been like, I need to get around to seeing that. You know, even when I was in college, I was like, ah, you know, I need to see. I had a, a friend in college that was a big Dune fan. He was always like, oh, you got to watch, you got to watch. I'm like, yeah. There is to. always a big Dune fan. You know what I mean? Like, you always talk about Star Wars mm-hmm. and. This, that, and the other. And there's always that person that's like, 
oh, you ever see Dune? You know, oh, you got to check it out. You know what I mean? (laughs) So you're exactly right, Michael. I think we all know our closet or public Dune fans. Right. And, and, you know, it was one of those things even in college. I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll watch it. I'll get to it eventually. And it's just it's just always been a movie that's been like, yeah, I'll get to it eventually. And that's the problem. Like eventually, like never seems to come. And, you know, and I was going to see it before I went to see this Dune. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to go into that movie and sit down. And from the get go, I didn't want to start comparing the movies in my head. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be fully present with this movie so I didn't see it. So at some point, yes, I will go back and I will watch David Lynch's Dune. But for now, I'm not worried about it. Anyway, so I have no, you know, I had no knowledge about anything, right? Except for the trailers. And what little what little information I ended up, like, just kind of reading up on a little as before the movie came out. That's it. And honestly, um, it's a movie that I... I walked out of the movie, my wife and I went to see it, and we were talking about it on our way back. And, you know, I was I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, I really liked the movie, and I was thinking about it. And to be honest with you, I've thought about it since I saw it. Um, on a number, like, just, I just found myself sitting there just, like, thinking about Dune, like, the some of the shots and some of the, 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 the different plot elements that kind of played out and it's just it's it's stuck with me i think i i enjoy it more now than when i first walked out of the theater which is saying something because i I walked out and i said i think i thought it was a really good movie Uh, but i think i have a higher appreciation now as i've had time to digest it and that's the thing about this movie um Mm -hmm. you said that you appreciated it more in the second run Mm-hmm. And I think the reason is because, and this happens with some movies, when you have that level of deep world building that's going on, um, and this is a two hour and 35 minute movie, <laughs> I think what happens is sometimes there's so much there that you can only absorb so much in your first viewing. It requires a second or third, or maybe even a fourth viewing until you finally have a handle on all of the elements of the film. And I feel like this is a movie where I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch it a second and a third time. And each time I watch it, I'm going to come away with an even greater appreciation for the, for the movie. Um, I thought it was, but I mean, having seen it only once, I can honestly say that I thought it was excellent. Um, I don't know... When I looked up the information, I saw that it was a $165 million film. I almost didn't believe what I was reading. If you'd have told <laughs> me that Dune was a $300 million budgeted film, I would have believed you. Because You're I right. think it's that beautiful. I mean, you tell me you tell me that, that, that this film, from the shot selection to the cinematography to the special effects, tell me that this doesn't look like a film that's twice the budget or almost twice the budget that is listed because I, 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 I tell you what, honestly, um, I've seen arrival uh, a number of times. I've seen blade runner a number of times. Mm. This, and this is saying something, 
this is the most beautiful movie Denis Villeneuve has ever made. And some of like the shot selection, the cinematography, everything on here. I mean, I sat and watched this movie and I just kept thinking, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like I didn't see it in IMAX. I saw it in like a little movie theater right around the corner from where I live. And Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there and I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking, wow, this is ridiculous. This movie looks so, it looks so amazing. And it really does. It's unbelievable. I I I know it's it I just even now I'm thinking like some of those shots across the sand, the landscapes, the the sandworm. Every time we saw a sandworm, the sandworm at the end, you know, when, when it was up, up out of the sand. I mean Yeah. It's just it it's just amazing. Uh, so anyway, I, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was beautiful, exceptionally well-written, that the acting was on point, just on point. And yeah, like you said, Jacob, and I fully agree with you, if you see a better movie this year, you're going to be surprised. There's only two months left, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of movies that come out in November and December. Oh, yeah. So, you know. Uh, I will say, uh, with the success so far, it is uh, part two has been confirmed. Yes. Uh, that actually and is funny. You, you were going to, you mentioned that. So it's been confirmed. So, has it yes. been, is that considered greenlit? Yes. Yeah, it's greenlit. It's, greenlit. it's oh, in okay. pre production right now. Yep. And, and then <sighs> Dune, the Sisterhood yep. series, has been announced as being in the works as wow. well. Wow. Yep. But so. John Spaths, who was one of the screenwriters, was actually tabbed to be the showrunner. He just stepped down whenever the second part of Dune was announced. Yeah. So, because he's got to, you know, be assist- probably assisting, obviously, in screenwriting duties. Yeah. So that's huge because, uh, you know, they needed to make yeah. the second part. Oh yeah. This is, so this, for those who didn't know, it did say Dune Part One yes. at the very beginning. <laughs> I think it was the only time I had uh, yeah. the first time I'd saw anything that made this out to be not the full movie, which was really surprising. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I thought yeah, it was, was surprising. Actually, I like that. Nice yeah. move. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so uh, spoiler warning. Uh, moving forward here, uh, we're going to be getting into some discussions on the plot elements and stuff. So if you haven't seen the movie, you have been warned. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about the the plot. What? Gee, this, how do you even do this? <laughs> <laughs> it's usually not so hard to talk about a movie's plot, but this is this is a hard one. Um, man. Okay, so. What what do we think about the plot to this movie? I guess is the question. I mean, um, so you have House of Trades. It and, and granted, you you not none of us, right? You, Jacob, you never read read Dune, right? I read the book a long okay. time ago, but okay, it's so been so long I didn't remember it. I need to reread it. Okay, all right, so. And this is just my interpretation. So basically, we're coming from three people who either have absolutely zero knowledge of the source material or have forgotten much of it. Um, mm-hmm. My interpretation is that House Atreides is one of the preeminent houses in the galaxy or whatever, this group of royal houses which are bequeathed you know, planets and stuff to rule, right? 
<laughs> and uh, so for me, the whole thing in this movie, this, this movie has a very Shakespearean feel to it. I was just talking to my wife about it. I said, you know, I, I was t- telling her, you know, I think this movie has a very Shakespearean feel in some ways. Um, just with the some of the acting, especially early on in the film, uh, from Oscar Isaac and Rebecca Ferguson, there's just this almost Shakespearean feel. And it comes in part due to the acting as well as some of the tragic elements that play out in the plot. Okay. Um, so early on, we have House Atreides. They are given um, the planet of Arrakis. They are, you know, they're basically being ordered by the emperor to go to Arrakis and to create, you know, continue to mine, not mine, but to get the, the yeah, basically to get the spice, to mine the spice, because the spice is the most. Uh, important thing in the galaxy, basically. And now, do you think they're using spice as like a general term for, I don't know, what, what it all can do? Or is it literally like spice how we consider spice? I, I don't think so. I think, well, it sounds to me like, you know, the spice, like it's got so many different benefits. <laughs> like I said, it, I think it, it does like, it's used for interstellar communication and interstellar travel. Plus, like I think it, what they say, it lengthens the lifespan as well. Yeah, as, it's as, like a hallucinogenic that has right. numerous health benefits. Right. So it's like it's like got so many different things it can do. So it's not just it's not like like mining. You know, we're getting oil or something. Although I guess you get oil, you get gasoline, you get uh, you know petroleum, you get plastic, you get all kinds of stuff. But I think I think with this stuff here, it's just there's so many things that are absolutely necessary because of it. Like it's just it's like gold times a million. You know, um, they they need it for a lot of different things. So they send. So early on, it it's like this this the Harkonnen. That's not the Harkonnen. Uh, the Fremen on the planet. Well, there's Fremen on the planet, but then the the race that was there before. Oh, it was the Harkonnen. You the were Harkonnen, right. right? So they were there, um, savage race, and then the Emperor orders them out, tells them to leave. They leave. Then you bring in the house of Trades. So they all come down there and just, I mean, they just start getting things moving. And then of course we find out that this has all just been a big setup to destroy house of Trades. And that's Baron Harkonnen um, brings his forces in decimates pretty much everybody except for Paul and his mother and uh, so that to me, like that's where kind of like the the Shakespearean element, because you know you you've got a big just like a big backstabbing moment here, um, that's going on. And before before they even get there, though, Paul, you know, they there's this this thing where he speaks this voice, and it 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 kind of like forces people to do what you want. Uh, his mother is part of, and I can't remember the name right now, the, the Order. 
the chief. Oh, the Jesuit. The Jesuit, Jesuits or something. Yeah. Um, and so, so, you know, Paul goes in, there's like this really famous scene apparently in the book, and it's like the most famous scene maybe ever in Dune books where Paul goes in to speak to like the the mother. She's like the, the leader of this order and he puts his hand in a box and he's supposed to, you know, resist pulling his hand out. If he does, she'll kill him. She's got this yeah. needle. That's definitely yeah. one of the more memorable scenes from the 83 version or the 80s yeah. version, whatever year it is. That's for sure. That's, that's what I always think about when I think of uh, Dune. Dude, yeah. yeah, and I think they're like that with the book. The book is, you know, there's a lot of great scenes, but that's like the most famous one. I know that. Yeah, I think so too. So, um, so the whole thing is like they, this order has been for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. They've been kind of politically maneuvering and doing all these things and kind of breeding people and you know races or whatever to like try to bring about this kind of destined person who's gonna like rule and they're gonna have these special powers and everything and so anyway paul uh, appears to he might possibly be this person and so you know there's a lot going on with paul in this movie i think it's subtly done and i want to talk about timothy chalamet's performance a little later on here but um I think his, the way his character is in this movie, I think you have to kind of understand a little bit of what's going on beneath the surface. So anyway, we got that going on. Uh, but then they get to Arrakis, and then just when things appear to get moving, that's when the backstabbing appears or happens. And, you know, uh, Paul and his mother escape. Pretty much everybody else, with the exception of a few people, gets slaughtered. Um, and... You know, so I guess the question I have for you is this. First off, what did you think of the plot leading up to this point? Because that puts us about halfway through the movie. And the second question is this, because this is my takeaway when it comes to this whole plot about taking down House Atreides. To me, I always get the impression in this movie that Baron Harkonnen feared House Atreides in that they were so powerful or so well-respected well, well or both. The bringing down uh, Duke Leto and, and Paul was all about consolidating power and you know bringing down a great house and also sending a message to the other royal houses, essentially saying, you know, if you're thinking about doing anything, don't. Um, so I, I don't know. And I, I could be completely wrong there, but you know, so I guess I want to go around Raker. Uh, what do you think about the plot leading up to like the midway point when this whole, you know, backstabbing occurs and everyone gets slaughtered and Paul and his mom escape. And do you think I'm correct there? Does that your, your interpretation or did you have a different, different interpretation as to the motivations behind this whole, you know, devious plot? Um, no, I just, I just view the Baron as a bad dude. You okay. know what I mean? Like he's, he's the bad guy, you know, he's, he's, he's evil, you know, and he's been able to, he's been on, uh, what's the name of the, the planet again? Arrakis. 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 Yep. Um, he's been there about 80 years, they said, 
and they've obviously accumulated a ton of wealth. And then, you know, the emperor, the whoever the main emperor is here that obviously remains hidden, uh, visually anyway, um, is just, I don't know if he's just playing head games with everybody or if he's, or what he's doing, but he's like, ah, no, I'm going to bring in a different, you know, this uh, house of trades, right? To come in and, I, w- I do wish, you know, so M- no, Michael, I don't know how, if my opinion differs much from yours. Um, I just I just see it as just the guy's a bad guy. Those are like evil, dark people and, you know, the whole the, all that, you know, you don't really see anything beyond the military. I don't know. Maybe that's just the, all their people is just nothing but these guys dressed in armor and, you know, like like almost like Spartans of the galaxy. I don't know. But I, I just see them, you know just being evil, you know, that's, I don't know what the under, like you were saying how, um, you thought, you know, oh, he was upset. And I do, I do agree that he, you know, he was upset with the fact that, you know, the house of trades could come in there and then they could mine the spices and they might accumulate more wealth. You know, that, I think that all makes sense, but I just think the underlying thing is how evil and grotesque, uh, that, that Baron is, you know, I, I mean, I think I think that's probably one of the more simpler things that I got from this movie. And, and, and hats off to uh, what is it, Stellan Skarsgård? Mm-hmm. Man, like, I mean, that guy doesn't have a whole lot of time. Oh man! Movie, but I tell you what, he definitely, you definitely, you're grossed out by the guy. I mean, you you could sense how evil he is. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. yeah, like, you know, hats off. That that's a that's a great character that. And I remember the, that character from the first one, and even that character was kind of like, oh, you know, very, very grotesque and uh, vile, you know. And I think uh, Stellan does a great job of portraying that with this in this particular movie. So you know, that's he, all I really got out of it, you know. That's that's where I was just like, oh, okay, maybe I'm thinking of it too simplistically, but that's that's how I viewed it. Um, quickly, uh, Chica, before you you chime in. Um, do you know who Baron Harkonnen reminded me of? Um, Kingpin? Uh, no. <laughs> Kurt, uh, Kurt's from Apocalypse Now. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Brandon, yeah, Apocalypse I say it. Now. Uh, Colonel Kurtz. Yeah. Yeah, I think that but. that's a good, you know, comparison. Uh, all right, so Jacob, um, what, you know, what did you think of the plot leading up to this point in the movie and in am i correct or incorrect i guess in the motivations um, for uh, everything i think the motivation isn't as complex in regards to the harkonnen house i like Riker said it, i feel like it is very much he's still he's pissed off that he got the spice taken away from him but i think it's all being ployed and like masterminded by the emperor slash the the sister Jezeret group because one of the things that was mentioned was they they work in the shadows influencing the politics even behind those in charge and it feels like either they or the emperor is afraid not ju- not necessarily of the whole house but of the potential future because 
it was also mentioned that Paul was a rarity of being a male with the voice. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think there's that fear. And I believe that's the motivation of the emperor slash that group. And they're just manipulating everyone involved. Okay. To do to bend to their will. Like I, I don't think Harkonnen was that complex in his motivation. He just was pissed off that somebody came in and was assigned here and then yeah. found out that the Emperor was willing to help him and he took advantage of it. Okay. Um so after this whole attack thing, Paul and his mom go on the run and uh, well, they escape, right? And then they they uh, manage to uh, meet up with, I can't think of his name, Duncan. Uh, so Dun- Duncan, uh, played by Jason Momoa, uh, he escapes or gets you know through the whole battle, uh, manages to not die, uh, unlike just about everybody else, uh, is able to meet up with Paul and his mother. They end up uh, meeting up with... Uh, um. Oh, what's her name? Uh, uh, was it Harold? Harold of the Change, I think the woman that they uh, something like that. Yeah. Um, who ends up, uh, you know, helping them out? They she ends up taking them back to this old, like abandoned. I can't remember what it was. It was like an abandoned. Um. It was something used for like agriculture. It was going to be used for agriculture, I think, but then it was abandoned. Um, so they go there to, you know, just find some shelter. And, you know, there's obviously people out looking for them. And uh, ultimately, that doesn't last long. Uh, Duncan ends up sacrificing himself so that they can escape. Um, as and and uh, Herald of the Change, uh, she ends up getting uh, killed by uh, one of the soldiers. Um, and then uh, Paul and his mom, they they kind of hightail it out of there. They're going across the desert, mind you. There are giant sandworms, and when I say giant sandworms, I don't mean the sandworms from Beetlejuice. Um, <laughs> I mean this. I mean sandworms that are like. I mean the sandworms from the Monster Verse. Yeah, from like God, from like Godzilla style. These sandworms yeah. are like, uh, yeah, these things are right. They're 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 just unbelievably huge. Yeah, um, they're awesome. They are awesome. Um, so they end up, uh, you know, getting chased by one. One almost kills them, and then it gets pulled away with uh, some thing that creates vibrations, which tracks the sandworms. They end up meeting up with uh, the um, oh I can't think of the name right now the Fremen the Fremen right and uh, Javier Bardem whose character oh uh, great uh, job uh, yes yes uh, yeah so, he uh, did Stig- a great job still Stilgar he ends the he ends up meeting up with them um, and also uh, Chani played by Zendaya so she's been this this young woman that uh paul has been dreaming about for quite some time so he finally meets her and then paul is 
asked to not asked. He is challenged to battle uh, a warrior who doesn't feel that he is worthy of joining them. And Paul, who has never killed anybody, eventually does so. Uh, he well, he has to. It seems like they don't really give him much of a choice. <laughs> the man isn't going to stop until he is killed, or he kills Paul. Paul kills him. And he then joins the party. They leave and, uh, well, roll credits. That's it. And, uh, you know, that's basically very, 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 very sketched out version of, of, of uh, Dune. Because this movie and everything that goes on, there's so much. It, this movie is like an ocean. Uh, on the surface, it looks pretty calm. But beneath the surface, there's a lot there. Um, it's it's got a lot going on there. Um, so, having kind of talked about the plot a little bit, what did you guys think of the plot? Now, mind you, this is half. Actually, I've heard this. This actually accounts for about forty percent of the book. Yeah. So. Um, not that that means a whole lot here, I guess, but what did you think of the plot in its totality, Raker? This is a slow burn movie, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, and that's actually one of the faults I have with it. Okay. Uh, you know, Jake had mentioned earlier how his wife, you know what I mean? Like, if it's not a good movie and it's not like action and, you know, I guess fast pacing, obviously Jake could answer this better than I could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, Mostly movies like this would be too boring for me, uh, but it wasn't. Now, I will say, you know, I want to bring up some issues I had with it. Okay. Uh, I will say, you know, yeah, they cut it off where they cut it off. You know, he battles the Fremen warrior, soldier, whatever you want to call it, whatever you call him. And, you know, that's pretty much the end of the movie. But even that fight was like very, I hate to say boring, but there wasn't a whole lot of suspense slash tense parts of this movie you know what i mean like i i'm reflecting on it and i'm like uh what parts really got me at the edge of my seat none none you know uh no epic battles um and i think where they cut it off i was talking to a friend of mine who had read the books and he said if there was a place to cut that off it would have been where they did so you know so i'll take his word for it because i didn't read the book so i'm good with that but I thought even that was kind of slow, you know, like, I mean, if you think of the end of some of the Marvel movies, you know, like it's more of a cliffhanger than it is what this movie was. There wasn't like much of a cliffhanger. I didn't I didn't get that urge. Oh, my gosh, I can't wait to see what happens next. That really didn't, you know, that, I, that didn't sit with me when I finished the mo- when this movie ended. I, I didn't get that oh my gosh, I can't wait, you know, three years for the next one. No, not really. You know, I, I just, that's that's one of the issues I have with this. You know, yeah, it was beautiful, and but there, it really wasn't, it really wasn't tense. It really, did, there wasn't any parts that build up to this just awesome scene, you know, or awesome scenes for that matter. You know, Jason Momoa did a great job. I, I'm, I'm glad he got kind of a small role because I think that's where he, he shines. Um, but like even his battle, was like, you know, it was cool. It was like, all right, you know, we get to see some, you know, 
hit this guy battle who was you know kind of touted as like their best soldier and you know eh, it was kind of cool but nothing you know nothing like mind-blowing i i, I think I think super. I think with superhero movies, they kind of give you. Uh, I mean, I mean, it. This is a sci-fi. Well, I mean, movie. I'm not even saying a superhero movie. I'm just right. talking like just Lord of the Rings type. Even you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they build up. They just build up within their movies. They just build up to these just awesome scenes. This movie really didn't build up to anything awesome. I think it's, you know. I think this movie. <clears throat> I'm sure you know. Maybe there'll be more action in the second one. I. I feel like this movie's purpose was two things. One, it's a political thriller, right? Because it's it's all about the the politics of what's going on right now in this universe, and you know, obviously the tragic consequences. But I think a lot of this, there's the world building, and we've talked about this a little bit already. But the world building in this is just ridiculous. And I, th- I think that that is where they put a lot of their attention in part because if you, and this it's a valid criticism, right? But I think if you use this first movie to create a lot of the, the like the bedrock uh, for the yeah, whole but no, series. No one goes into a movie like, oh, well, you know, this is the first one. So I'm going to let it be boring. I'm going to let it not build up suspense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never go into a movie I, like that. I know. And I, I, I just, I think what they were doing was spending a lot of this movie trying to, to lay the groundwork, given how deep the, the mythos is in this Dune universe. And, you know, I can't imagine how much they've cut out already. You know, they've probably yeah. cut out. But and I, I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, you know, the scene where Momoa fights the, uh, uh, what are they called again? Geez, all these different names. I'm trying to keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget they're um, that you know what I mean those those soldiers you know what I mean like his basically his demise mm-hmm. you know what I mean like there could have been there could have been ways of heightening that battle more than just you know the kid running Paul running and then getting the door shut in his face you know what I mean like I, I think I think yeah it wasn't meant for that I guess but I think you know if I was directing I would have made some of those scenes a little more, you know, I don't say intense, but just a little more impactful, whether it be changing of the music, whether it be changing of uh, some of the shooting, whether it be crazier fight sequences, you know, choreographed differently, like, you know, make him fight a little longer. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's one of my faults with the movie is, uh, is that it was like a slow burn, like you yeah. said either, earlier. And you know what? Like, that's that's fine and dandy, but for some people, that's boring. It is. Well, it, it, it's boring in the world that we live in now where, I mean, you got to remember, uh, I think you could argue since the music video came out, um, a lot of movies have, have adapted a lot of the the editing uh, music videos have long since been infused in film. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, just saying that it just is, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, I've seen so many movies with, with quick editing cuts constantly left and right. Not that this movie has that or that, 
it's necessary. I just think that this is a different kind of movie. Um, yeah, this feels like a. I almost feel like to a certain extent, and Jacob, well, look, I don't look know at if, a movie like Gladiator. You know what I mean? Fantastic right. movie. Sure. Kind of a slow burn, but man, when it came to that, those fighting scenes and stuff, boy, mm-hmm. oh boy, you were like, you know, just so involved into that scene. Like there was not a single part of this movie, and I love this movie. I think it's fantastic. But there was not a single part of this movie that I was just like, you know, like so entrenched in, you know, so fired up by. You I, know I, what I mean? I think I wasn't so much fired up by any fight scene. Well. I think well, that was no, well, Gladiator. I mean, when, you know, at the end there, when he's fighting the other soldier, like you're 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 into it though. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, like it builds up to that scene. Like, oh my gosh, look at this guy. He's gonna have to fight him, and you know, you're you're just invested into it. I think a little more. I, I think so. what it got me in this movie wasn't so much any of the 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 mat, like the fight scenes. Yes, they get attacked, and yeah, there's battle going on and everything, but. I think what got me in terms of suspense or just like, oh, what's going to happen? You know, just like when it became obvious that, you know, when, when the Duke, when Duke uh, Leto went outside and, you know, found the woman laying on the ground and, you know, then he got hit with the dart and it became, suddenly became apparent what was happening. Like that to me, I was like, okay, this, you know, whether or not it's the most exciting sequence I was invested. I was, you know, I was totally invested in that because I'm just like, oh, you know, okay, this is bad. Oh, no, this is really bad. Oh, no, this is actually the worst thing possible. So, I mean, I, I was like, I was caught up in that. And then I, I was caught up in, um, you know, even when just when, you know, Paul and his mom were on that ship and they were trying to, you know, and not that sense, oh, escape. Yeah. Yeah. escape. You know, I, so I think what it is is that this move, this move, most of this movie is a slow burn, and I think that there are small chunks littered throughout the movie, which provide just enough spice, so it's not, you know, it doesn't. But I'm jump right, <laughs> and and that's just the, and, and I think that's just the movie. I, I again, it's not to say that any. I mean, Drake, you have a perfectly valid criticism there. I understand exactly where you're coming from. For me, I was okay with it. Because I, right. I think I understand. It feels this almost feels like an old school movie, in a lot of ways, just in terms yeah. of the like like Lawrence of Arabia. Okay, like Lawrence of Arabia is a long movie, and it has some it has some really great fight sequences, but if you watch Lawrence of Arabia, it's just it's much more of a slow burn. And those sequences, it kind of reminds me of those sequences in Lawrence of Arabia, which clearly are meant to break it up and and kind of give you some action there, some beats. But it's just an old school movie. And this feels old school to me, which I appreciate, actually. You know, it, it's not, I think it's got to be hard to actually make a movie like this and not try to make it more action packed. But I do agree with you, Rick, on one part, which is that I do think that at least in a couple of those sequences, they could have done some things, even just from an editing standpoint, to kind of maybe beef up the, like you said, yeah, the like, heightened action. Like when Duncan died, yeah. right? Yeah. I wasn't yeah. like, uh, you know what I mean? I, I was like, uh. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it didn't like move me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to think that when you make a movie, you know, the demise and death of any character 
is kind of, you know, okay. you know, it should be a little more impactful. That's all. Uh, Jacob, why don't you jump in here? Give us your thoughts on all the stuff that we've been chatting. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. It's definitely a little bit slower. Some of the fight sequences, the way I kind of looked at them was meant to be portraying them in a way that wasn't, they weren't meant to be flashy, showy yeah. fights. Like they were meant to be this straight this to business. It, this is like, probably what it would have been. Yeah. Like this yeah. is what that kind of fighting would have been. Yeah. Like, especially with every single one of them was very much one-sided. Yeah. Like Duncan going against all of them. Yeah. He took out a few, but like no one expected him to get out of that. It was right. very clear. He wasn't. And with Paul at the end, like the man saw the future. Like if he wouldn't have won, that would have been pathetic. Right, like right. it was very <laughs> clearly one sided. And, right. and I think that was kind of what they were really hammering home with these, uh, some of these action sequences is there wasn't a chance for, for one side to magically come back and win it, it was very clearly one-sided and it wasn't showy. It wasn't meant to be that way. It was very <clears throat> down to business kind of feel to me. And some of it, it could have been like hit a little bit harder with Duncan, but to me, it, I think that would have put too much emphasis on Duncan's character. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, he was this great soldier, and it's it's upsetting to see this soldier go out like that. But that's how he would have wanted it, first off. And he's not the he's not the main point of this story. Right. Right. It's it's we're like our that point is we're supposed to be following Paul and his mother. Yeah. And so, like, to me, honestly, the where I would have liked a little bit more of a emphasis on was the end with that fight like yeah he definitely got the unfair advantage with knowing the future but i would have liked to see him struggle with killing him more. Ah, okay like to kind of draw that part out just a smidge not a whole lot but like this is the first time he killed anyone and i would have liked to see them kind of like touch on that struggle with him a little bit whether it be some body language or a couple of lines or something to make that hit a little bit harder. Cause I think that would have made that fight mean something more. Cause that would have yeah. made it like very notable. Like this is now the turning point for Paul. I'm glad you bring that up because um, I actually had a similar thought myself when I was in the theater because I, I thought, wow, you know, he seems kind of cold about this, which now, to be fair, since I've watched it, I I have done a little bit of reading on on some thoughts from other people and people that have read Dune, and they said that his character, like in the well, just to say the direction that he goes, it's understandable that his reaction might be like this, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I do agree. I think if I was directing this, you know what I would have done was uh, I would have had his character just kind of like step off to the side, kind of away from everybody or maybe go around the corner and kind of just like, I don't know, even if he just like rested his head on the rocks and just kind of closed his eyes, like collect himself, like deep breaths, just kind of like in front of everybody, he was going to be the stoic Paul that we've, we've Mm -hmm. seen but around the corner, away from everybody, away from his mother, 
he could finally take like 10 seconds and just collect himself to come to grips with what he's done, what he had to do. And then he puts the mask back on and he walks around the corner and then they, you know, walk away and, and, you know, roll credits. Uh, I Hmm. think, you know, that sounds to me like something that would have worked because I I do agree, you know, it would have been nice to see a little more reaction from him Mm -hmm. as a character. But yeah, I, I think that that's my at least my view on a lot of like the fight sequences and like the action stuff. Because <clears throat> like some of the stuff that was more tense was meant to be scenarios more directly related to Paul and his mother. Like the sandstorm with that freaking ship. That was uh, yeah. that part was kind of tense for me because I was like, all right, how like seeing the wings flying off? I was like, oh shit! All right what's going to happen with this now? And I love so, those ships. Oh, they were so cool. Oh. They were cool. Can we, Agreed. can we talk about some of the special effects and just the design of this movie? Yeah. I think uh, some of it was influenced by Geiger. Geiger. Yeah. No. Mobius. Um, I might've been, but me... I mean, who came first? Was it Geiger or was it, was it Mobius? Him? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it was Dune. I know Dune was Dune was published in what was it 60, 1960? Uh, Dune novelization. Uh, let 19, me see. Yeah, to say it was like late 50s or early 60s. I think was when the first Dune book came out. Um, uh, nineteen sixty-five. Nineteen sixty-five. So uh, yeah, I don't know who came first. I, I would, I, but if I would hazard a guess, I would probably say Dune. I yeah. think, you know, I think, you know, first off, you know, Star Wars apparently took a lot uh, from Dune. So, oh, yeah. you know, that's not surprising then if you look at some of the elements in Star Wars. But I mean, look, I think the, I think just the ships were unbelievable. The 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 ships, the the, the copters, the the choppers, the, oh, yeah. like the dragonfly wings. Yeah, I thought it was just I mean, everything. Yeah, I think what's really impressive to me. And it seems like it's a hallmark of any Denis Villeneuve movie is that in in a lot of ways, he kind of reminds me of Spielberg in this way. Hmm. Spielberg has always paid a lot of attention to the world building, depending obviously on the movie and the genre, you know, that might not mean as a lot as much as others, but you know, like it's a good example. Like look at minority report. If you watch minority report, Spielberg paid a ton of attention to the world itself, what was going on in the world, the level of technology. Um, given that this was, you know, something like, I think it was like 50 or 60 years in the future at the time, you know, he brought together, you know, a lot of people, a think tank, basically, to say, okay, in 50 or 60 years, what do we think this world's going to look like? What's technology going to be like? And so, you know, I've seen, but I've seen Spielberg do that in other movies. And one thing that I really like about Villeneuve is that he pays an extraordinary amount of attention to detail when it comes to the worlds he's creating, whether it's in Blade Runner or Arrival even. Uh, but this one just far out strips. Now, I know he's adapting it from a book, but still, I mean, 
the, I was just reading a thing where he said that when they designed the sandworms, they they mm-hmm. spent so long. I mean, the skin, the skin texture, the look of the mouth, the digestive tract, you know, how it would eat. I mean, they spent a ridiculous amount of time on just elements that you and I are never going to see. But it was important to to do that in order to kind of lay the foundation for the sandworm and then kind of build them from the ground up. That's not believable, but just, you know, on top of that, all the all the spaceships, all the different like they all feel functional. Yes, they look amazing and everything, but everything feels like it could really exist because it's not just there to look pretty. It's there to look pretty, but also look like it could actually work. And I, I just, I, I, I don't know how many times I'm going to watch this movie. It's going to be a ridiculous amount. Uh, this will be, this will be a day one buy for me. Oh, I will buy this. I will own it. It is. I will own a physical copy. Of, I will, own, yeah, a 4K physical copy of this movie. <laughs> yep. So, what did you guys think of the design of the the sandworms, um, the special effects, and the ships, the design of the ships, all that stuff, Raker? What did you think of all that stuff? I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it wasn't so techy. See, that one thing I like about Dune is I never can quite grasp like. Is it post-apocalyptic? Is it uh, science fiction meets fantasy? Is it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what's kind of cool about it. It like kind of encompasses everything. Um, but artistically, ah, I thought it was really cool. You know, simplistic, not to a fault, but simplistic, but you know, effective. You know, I really I I love those. Uh, we call them copters, but the wings on those ships, you know what I mean? Oh, I thought yeah. that was just the coolest freaking thing, you know? That's something I had not seen in a movie, you know? So I don't know who came up with that. Like, if it's from the book, if it's from just some concept artist was like, hey, let's do it for this movie, you know, kind of make it its own. Um, but I think they did make it its own. You know, now, anytime we see anything like that, like a dragonfly wing, we're going to be thinking of Dune, you know, for all the cinephiles anyway, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the suits look cool. You know, they they almost look primitive. They didn't once again. They didn't look overly armored. They almost look like a leather based, you know, hard surface. Um, but I thought the designs were pretty cool. Almost kind of reminded me like the the original Tron movie. Like some of the armor kind of re- reminded me of the, some of the Tron soldiers in the first Tron, uh, yeah. without all the glows. <laughs> you know, without all the glowing. <laughs> um, so artistically, I think it was, it was beautiful. You know, I thought the concept art was great. And that's definitely something I always look for, especially in this type of movie. You know, I'm always kind of, oh, that's a cool design. Uh, not really a cool design. Oh, I've seen that done a million times type deal. I, I think it, it held its own artistic originality, you know. So hats off to the, you know, concept artists and art people. Yeah, I, I think the suits were amazing. Just the idea that, like... You can wear them and it cools your body down and then any moisture that you, you know, you sweat out gets re, gets, you know, absorbed by the suit and then kind of like, you know, you don't lose what they say is something like you could like in a, a single thimble, yeah, a thimble's water. worth of, of actual 
moisture loss from your body in a single day. It's just, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it's all functional. And okay, fine. We didn't see how the suits worked. It wasn't like, you know, somebody brought a, you know, an animation up on the screen, <laughs> right? Where it's like, yeah, showed right. you how it worked. I mean, I don't need that. The yeah, idea, and a lot of movies would have done that. Yes. You know what I mean? A lot of movies yeah. would have, you know, oh, this is the X Mark 7, and you can, you know, and it'll show you some blueprint and rotate it, you know, 360 degrees and show you all the trickery it can do. You know what I mean? Like, they kind of just say, oh, this is what it is. And that's good. You, it's, know. you know, you don't need yeah, more than absolutely. that information. And that yep. that's uh, that's good storytelling. That um, yeah. that's being efficient. In this movie, yeah, and I'm sure as the mo- next couple movies go on, I don't know how far they're going to go with this. Um, I believe you know, it's three some of the, movies. Oh, is it? Um, you know, then maybe we'll start to discover a little bit more of the origins of the technology and stuff. You know, but they're not going to just come right out and dedicate time to it when that's kind of irrelevant. Right, two minutes to this, uh, you know, irrelevant yeah. thing. All right. Um, or talk about the sandworm for five minutes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, this is yeah. a sandworm, blah, blah, blah. And then just go on and on about it. They didn't have to do that. You just said, oh, man, that's a sandworm and that's what it is. Well, there, there is a, There's a ton of exposition in this movie. We'll get to that here in a second. But, uh, Jacob, why don't you talk about the, the technology? What did you like about the way it was depicted in this movie? Um, it, just, it was really well done and really uh, surprisingly well handled. Like, like – Rick mentioned because it wasn't like super techie stylized, it, it put like more of an emphasis on the practical. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like it, it looks like something somebody would actually wear in these scenarios. Like, uh, <laughs> there wasn't some like flame red and gold freaking paint job on it for no reason whatsoever just to be gaudy like it was all like even the military that decided to come in there was like it was a military it wasn't meant to be this super weird looking or extravagant looking armor or like unit it it was just all in uh everything was just designed with this sense of like this is what they thought would really have in that scenario okay yeah yeah it, it, the technology feels grounded yeah right uh this this feels like i mean it's and i say this kind of just half joking but it's like the original star wars right mm-hmm. where the technology felt used uh not not you know the the new trilogy uh well late i guess i gotta be careful how i say that um you know, the prequel trilogy, right? Where everything in that was like shiny and it was like, what? No. You know, it just everything felt high tech. It didn't, it didn't feel right, you know, considering what we would eventually see a very short period of time down the road. So um, this feels very lived in. Like I said, it's functional. That's the point. It, it, the concepts are great. It looks cool. You know, but it nothing looks overly artificial or shiny. It looks like stuff that is cool, well designed, and it's been used a lot. So, um, let's talk about exposition in this movie because one of the things I think that 
we have to get I okay I guess I will I have to give credit to this movie is to the insane amount of exposition that goes into this movie like there's a lot especially the first probably third of the movie there is a lot of exposition that goes on right we have a lot of things to learn about this this world and Paul and the Benny Jesuits and the uh you know everything and I'll be honest, I, I just, I thought they did an exceptional job. It's not easy to do that. It's it's kind of like Star Wars, you know? Like, you know, you're sitting there watching it for the first time, you're like, what's a lightsaber? Mm-hmm. What's a what's a Jedi Knight? You know, like all these different terms that you don't recognize because you don't. You've never heard them before. And and so now you've got you to absorb that information. you got to... You know, so there's going to be a lot of exposition in there. And I feel like this movie does a really good job considering how deep the world is, how deep the lore and the mythos is. Everything that's going on, I mean, that's not easy to do. That's really hard to do. And I got to give credit from just from a script standpoint. I thought they did an excellent job doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. So let's... um. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Anything anybody wants to bring up before we get to the performances? Um, yeah. Yeah, now we touched yeah. on pretty much a lot. Yeah. Um, let's start out with Timothy Chalamet. Um, what did we think of his performance here? Good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know anything about this Timothy Chalamet other than you know, a lot. He seems to be kind of the. Uh, pre Tom yeah. Holland guy, yeah. you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. all the young girls seem to be, he seems to be kind of one of the it, it boys at the moment. And so I went in there thinking, Oh, Timothy Chalamet, you know, I, I, you know, all the young girls pine over this guy. So I didn't really know what to expect in terms of his acting chops, but I don't know if his acting is just that good or if it's just written perfectly for him or whatever, but I thought he did a great job. Mm-hmm. Great job. You know, I, in, I've never seen yeah. even anything. I didn't watch the last uh, Little Woman movie, Little Women movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch that. Um, the rest of my family did, but I did not. And they, you know, I uh, so I had no context for his acting, and I was pretty impressed with him. That's it's impressive that you know it's nice to hear that you you thought he did a good job just based on that, given that you haven't seen him in anything. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, he's in. He was in Call Me by Your Name uh, uh, a couple of years ago. That. He kind of got a lot of uh, awards attention for that. Uh, and okay. He did uh, Lady Bird. Uh, he was in Lady Bird, uh, which was huge. Uh, yeah, same Lady thing. Bird. You know, see, he's kind of been, you know, he's a, I think he's a really good actor. And from what I've seen him in from the, the few films before Dune, I, I was impressed by his acting. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm, you know, it's nice to see that, like, I'm not, carrying over other performances into this one and thinking that he's just doing a good job because I've seen him do a good job. But the fact that you don't, you've never seen him before in a movie and then, you know, you thought he did a really good job, but you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Then I, I'm, it's not just me. Um, Jacob, what did you think of Timothy uh, and his, his take on Paul? Oh, he did a great job. Like he is, he's an actor to keep an, keep your eye on. Like I know, like like you mentioned, he's been in a few pretty big things, but those are 
<clears throat> some very I feel like obscure roles and movies that a lot of people might not know him from or recognize him. And I think that like this being such a big movie, it's, it's going to, I feel like it's going to skyrocket him. And yeah. I'm curious to see what he does next. Like uh, I'm, I'm curious about Wonka. Yeah. He got cast as young Willy Wonka. Oh, and, wow. and I'm kind of curious how, how that's going to go, but I didn't I'm, even know it, that. Had that him being cast in it after this movie, like I'm down. Like, yeah. let's see what happens. And I want to see where this kid's I say kid, he's four years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh I wanna see where uh where the, this actor goes mm-hmm. and and what he can do with some some more big name movies under his belt, because that'll be the big I think that'll be a big factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Uh, I'll tell you who I was really impressed by in this movie. Uh, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised, really. But honestly, I don't know that I, I don't know that I've been disappointed. Frankly, I can't remember if I've been ever been disappointed in a performance of hers. But Rebecca Ferguson, ah, just, yeah, just. Man, slays this movie. Thank She's God awesome. you didn't say Zendaya. I was about ready to. No, no. no. Uh, you know, I, I, th- I think Rebecca does uh, uh, just a phenomenal job in this movie. She really, uh, you know, I think one of the things I like about her as an actress is that I always feel like she's present. Mm-hmm. Right. And on top of being present, and obviously being, you know, great at listening and, you know, hearing her other actors. Um, one of the things I think she does a great job is that she always makes me feel like her her character is real. And, and that just, I know that sounds ridiculous, but she, she, she kind of lends a kind of a grounding to all of the characters that she plays. Um, she immerses herself into them and she finds a way somehow to kind of give you an anchor point in the movie with her character. And, you know, despite, you know, her, you know, Paul's mom, you know, (laughs) putting him into this room and letting him essentially being tortured uh, because it might lead to him being, you know, this, this kind of special person, um, maybe, and dealing with that. I mean, this is, this movie is a lot about their relationship. You know, there's a tension between them after that scene in the library throughout the entire movie, because Paul knows what his mom did. He, he was, he put his, she put his life at stake. And a lot of this movie is the te- is about the tension between these two characters because of that scene, because of that moment. And so I, I thought she did a really great job in the entire movie. Um, yeah, I love her as an actress. I think she's just phenomenal. Like I could pretty much watch her do anything. She, she wants to read a dictionary. Fine. <laughs> I can probably, I'll probably find a way to enjoy myself. So, 
it's uh that's pretty it's pretty high uh <laughs> high praise yeah right wow um, michael yeah i thought she did great so anyway um what did you think of her performance and i guess we should just kind of then after that broaden out to what we just think of the entire cast if there's any or if there's any other standouts that you want to talk about go ahead jake uh yeah no i thought she did a really good job uh i agree for the most part with with you michael about her and some of her performances she's generally done a really great job there's a couple of roles here and there like i did not care for her in reminiscence i haven't seen that one it's eh. okay <laughs> it's it's another movie where she is next to hugh jackman as a love interest and it's a little I don't know. I, I just didn't. I Part of it was the movie and part of it was just I think it was not like anyone doing any kind of special performance in it. So hmm. but like she did a really good job in this and it, it was really noted, notable to say the least for uh, for her. And I'm I was impressed. And yeah, I, just outside of. Yeah, the, the, her and uh, Timothy Chalamet, everybody did such a great job. They fit their roles really well. Like, I, Dave Bautista did Dave Bautista things. Like, I wasn't yeah. expecting much from him, but he did his job great. Like, yeah. he wasn't meant to be uh, anything more than what he was. And he did a great job with it. And got to give him props for doing his role to the letter. Yeah. It's nice to see him playing a bad guy. Right? Like, I'm down you know, for that. Instead of the funny, more. goofy guy, you know? Oh, yeah. He was brutal. He was, I mean, he oh, was, yeah, he was a little scary here. You know, he was really ready. He's ready to kill yeah. people left and right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, freaking Oscar Isaac did a great job. Oh, he did. Was, yeah. I, I, it's funny. So many people were like getting all upset. We're like, Oh, I see what you did. You made Jason Momoa shave so you make everyone pay attention to Oscar Isaac with a beard now, and then they show Oscar Isaac with a beard and like, damn it. <laughs> I think Oscar Isaac, I hope he gets his true due one of these days. You know what I oh. mean? I, th- I think he's a fantastic actor. Oh, oh he's, uh, I'm excited for his Marvel appearance. Yeah, so am I. I think, oh, oh, I did not see that, and I'm I'm excited even more so now. What? He's going to be in another video game movie coming out that I'm, I think would do well. What? He's going to be in Metal Gear Solid. Wow. wow. He's yeah. going to be Solid Snake. I was going to say, is he Solid Snake? Oh, yeah, he is. And you know what? Now, is that going to be just the video game part or are they going to do a movie? It's a movie. Wow. Sweet. That'll be good. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually down with that. I'm I'm cool. totally up for it. I'm ready. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. Like I, I yeah. He's did a great job in this. And I'm excited for more stuff and freaking Stellan Skarsgård. Oh yeah. Like I said, everyone did just such a great job with what they had and what they were given and yeah. whether they were tiny roles or not. Yep. Like yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yep. I think everyone every one of the characters was given just enough time, you know, for their character that. It just it made every one of the performances spot on. Really, I, I didn't. I don't remember a bad actor in the bunch. No, you know what I mean. Like, and I can usually spot a pretty bad actor. Not that I'm an acting coach or anything, but you know what I mean. When I watch a movie, I'm pretty critical of the acting, and I didn't see any truly bad acting. We'll say. No, 
I, I thought the I thought the performances were all top notch. Yep. You know. Um they, they knew why they were there and they knew yep. the prestige of both the yep. director and the the source material. There everybody Agreed. there was bringing their A game. Agreed. All right. So uh kinda let's um I think let's just kinda wrap up our thoughts here. Uh we'll do we'll do final thoughts uh on Dune. Um Jacob, why don't you start us out here? Give me your your final thoughts on Dune, and I guess on a scale of one to ten, give me your uh, give me your the the number your number for how excited you are for Dune Part Two. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, this movie did something that a whole lot of other movies always seem to struggle with in doing a nearly perfect blend of world building character development, stunning scenery and cinematography and great performances. And it just, it's and watching it. I was in awe just by how, beautifully done this movie really was and in so many ways because of how this one was i out of 10 i honestly 10 (laughs) like i am excited for the sequel because i'm i want to see one these characters again i want to see the performances come back and i want to see this world develop more and see more of him interacting with the Fremen and the other, the Harkonnens coming like coming back and dealing with all of that. And I'm excited to see where things go. Okay. Uh, right. Raker, why don't you give me your final thoughts and final thoughts. Your score this is just for... a really good movie in all aspects, you know, well acted, well directed, uh, beautiful cinematography, uh, great art, special effects like i mean up and down i mean i I gotta ask you guys do you think it's gonna get nominated for anything or do you think the fact that it's such a genre you know sci-fi type movie that they're gonna overlook it Uh, oh i think it'll get a nomination oh do you okay i think it'll get a couple at least for best film um i'm maybe Mm. best film but i guarantee i feel like it might be a screenplay adaptation Mm. and probably uh some like production stuff like cinematography Special effects, editing, editing. Yeah, uh, like I think it'll definitely get some of those nominations because six, six to seven. Uh, yeah, nominations. Hopefully. I hope it gets a nomination for best picture. Oh, that'd be awesome. I really do. Like it would be cool to see. Like I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with how indie movie they go with a lot of best pictures, and that's not a bad thing in any way. But you know, I, I man, I would like to see some. Our nerddom get some recognition, <laughs> right? Exactly. Like it was a huge deal when was it? Uh, we had a comic book movie that just got a nomination a couple of years ago. I thought was Joker. it Black Panther? I was gonna say probably Black Panther. I think it was Black Panther. Yeah, and like that was such a huge deal just having it that. Was. Yeah, and I'm Agreed. I hope this gets at least nominated i would love for her to get freaking to win but that's hard to say oscar votes are 
<laughs> Hit or miss, to say the least. Um, all right. And on a scale one to ten, Rake, how oh, much are you looking geez. forward to Doom Part Two? Oh, how much am I looking forward to it? Yeah, you're gonna uh, be like, I know, being that it just recently got greenlit per our early discussion. Um, I mean, I would like to see a next one, but I'm not. I don't want them to rush it either. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Eight. Okay. Eight. That's good. Yeah. That's solid. Yeah. Um, all right. So my final thoughts on Dune are that it is an expertly crafted movie with an excellent script and I think performances that really are great. I mean, I I just feel like this is Denis Villeneuve operating at the the top of his craft. Um, you know, this is like peak Villeneuve, and I mean, which is saying something. You know, I I've been a fan of his for a while now, and you know, I, I thought his, I thought Blade Runner was amazing. I thought Arrival mm, was amazing. Right. I, I thought, heck, I, go back to Prisoners. Mac was it 2013, I think. Um, oh, with Hugh yeah. Jackman. I mean, Jeez, yeah, I totally forgot about that. One. He's, he's an excellent director. And I feel like the fact that they found a way to take a supremely dense book series, frankly, like Dune. Mm-hmm. And even with just, I mean, two hours and 35 minutes and found a way to kind of boil it down to its essence and yet still have enough room for a lot of depth, you know, under the surface is just, it, it, it's difficult. And I can see why they called it unfilmable because it is very difficult to adapt. Uh, I'm personally looking forward to it. Uh, the more I think about this movie, the more I reflect on it. And I've done a lot of reflecting in the last, what, five days or so. Um, I just, I, the more I think about it, the more I really, really like it. And mm. I, I'm not saying it's perfect. Okay. It's, it's not a perfect movie. Um, but what, f- flaws it may have I think are pretty minor in my in my view um and you know and who knows maybe maybe they'll change with subsequent viewings but I kind of doubt it in fact I think the more times I watch this movie the more I'm going to love and appreciate it so uh it's an excellent movie if you haven't seen it yet I think we all basically are going to say yes go watch it it's really good you need to see this movie and go see it in theaters if you feel comfortable doing that. Um, obviously, pandemic's still going on, um, you know. And if that's something that you don't feel comfortable doing, totally understand. If, however, um, going to the movies is not uh, something that you're too worried about, go see Dune in theaters. It's meant to be seen on the big screen. It looks, you know, it looks shortly great. Raker, it looked it looked great on on TV, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it looks fantastic. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to look great. But you know what? If you can see it, especially for the first time, go watch it in theaters. But Jake, didn't you see it in 3D? Yeah, I did. Did you like yeah, it how was, How was that experience? Oh, it was so cool. Yeah? Okay. Well, I, yeah, just some of the scenes and shots just 
stunning. Like the yeah. sandworm, the like a lot of the stuff with the ships really, really looked cool to see in 3D. Um, yeah, just man, so, especially with so many of these like just wide open angles that they did. Just like I said, it it was awe. Like I was in awe with these scenes, and that helped a lot. Cool. Um, yeah. So, so just you know, if you can go see it, it, it should be seen on the big screen if possible, even if just one time. Um, and yeah. Uh, so, and, and for me, um, how much am I looking forward to to the second one? I'm about there with you, Jake. I'm a ten. I'm ready. Bring it on. Bring it tomorrow. I want to see it. Um. Should have done what they what Denny wanted to do in the first place, which was to shoot it back to back. That's what I would have yeah. done, you know. So that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to shoot both parts back to back. So now it's just yeah. going to cost him more money to make it. So, <laughs> should, should well, I think it didn't help with everything going on with COVID. And whatnot, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I'm sure that didn't help, but but still, I think you know. But they they said no to that before you know before COVID even was really a thing. So, yeah. no, oh, well. oh, well, you know, it is what it is and we can't really do anything about it now, but hopefully, you know, uh, we'll get some more information on the second part of Dune. And so we'll see Dune part two in two years. So, all right. Um, well, thanks for listening to us talk about Dune for quite a while. Uh, a great movie. Uh, go see it. It's great. We'll just love talking about it. And, uh, you know, we hope that you enjoy it as well. So we'll see you guys next time. And thanks for listening to the Freaking Geeks podcast. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Freaking Geeks podcast. Be sure to visit FreakingGeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash Freaking Geeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. If you'd like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanage. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks. Intro music for this episode is Danger Storm by Kevin McLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Outro music is Nowhere Land by Kevin McLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. You can also find the attribution in the episode description as well.